Hello, and welcome to this episode of Lit Adaptations. Our mission is to analyze the finite details of movie adaptations, from costume design to soundtracks and scores, and critique how filmmakers' creative choices differ from the, from the book or short story predecessors. I'm Carol Walters. I'm Jasmine Rollins. And I'm Sophie Strait. On today's episode, we're going back in time a little bit, and we're going to be looking at the book and movie adaptation, Holes. The book came out in 1998, and the movie, which was reprised for the screen in 2003. So if you haven't seen it by now, (laughs) sorry guys, Uh, we're going to be spoiling both of those for you today. Yeah, I feel like it's been long enough. Like, we should all know the plot of the movie and the book. Now, this is one of my childhood favorites, so I'm definitely excited to get back into it and look at some of the similarities and differences between the book and the movie. What about you, Jasmine? What kind of relationship do you have with this book? This is probably one of my favorite books as, like, a kid. Um, This is actually, me and my brother actually fought over this book. This is one of the books that he actually read, so this is, I don't know, it's it's, it's one of my favorites, too, so I'm, I'm excited to talk about it. That's awesome. Okay, so let's set the scene, I guess. We are Stanley Yelnats. What are we doing? How did we get here? What's going on? Stanley Yelnats has been sent to Camp Green Lake due to his dirty, rotten, no good, pig stealing great great grandpa. His family has been cursed with bad luck for generations. We first meet Stanley as he is walking down the street after a long day of being bullied at school for being overweight. A pair of shoes falls from the sky, and they happen to be from his idol, Clyde Sweetfeet Livingston. He ends up getting arrested for having the shoes on him. And then from there, he ends up at Camp Green Lake. So, like, the book starts off a little bit different. I think that's how the the movie started off. Because in the book, he starts off just on the bus to Camp Green Lake. But in the movie is when we, he, like, gets hit in the head with the shoes. The movie, st- well, if you're talking about, like, when Stanley enters, I think the movie starts with him getting hit in the head with the shoes. But if we're talking yeah. about where the movie, like, starts, starts, like, before the intro credits and whatever, I think his name is Armpit. I could be totally wrong. I got a little confused with some of the characters' names. But I yeah, think... The, the characters in the book and in the movie... They switch some of them around. Like, it's still the same people, but they say, like, different stuff. Like, okay. that's weird. Okay, maybe that's why I got a little confused then. But, yeah, the intro, like, prior to the movie starting, um, Armpit got, he intentionally tried to get bitten by a snake so that way he would be able to get out of the responsibility of digging holes because digging holes was, like, the absolute worst thing. They had to do it. Like, obviously, there was no way out of it because that was, like, their punishment for the 18 months of, okay, you're going to dig a five feet um, deep, five feet wide hole every single day. You're going to do one, your shovels, your measuring stick. And if you find something cool, like report it to the warden. And uh, otherwise, you're going to have to just keep doing it. So that was one of the cool things to me about the movie. Like everything that's in the book is in the movie, but it's not like exactly the same order. And it's not exactly uh, how it's told in the movie, like, we, I remember, like, in the, because I, I just reread the book over again, like, in the book, they talk about that, but they don't show that, where he's, like, about to, he takes off his sock to step on the rattlesnake so he can get out of that, and mm-hmm. then, like, because it's, like, in the book, like, he just starts on the bus, like, to Grand Green Lake, and with the guards just, like, staring at him, so, I mean, that's, that's one of the things I like about this movie, because it's just, like, it's, it's not a, it's a direct adaptation, but they, like, switch stuff around to make it fit correctly, I don't know, cool yeah while i was reading the book i could very clearly picture the movie i mean i think it's because i grew up watching the movie i read the book in middle school and i reread it again but i think it follows pretty true 
to the book. What did you all think? Well, the first time that I read this book, I didn't actually read it. Um, I think I was in like fourth or fifth grade and my English teacher that I had at that time read it to us. So I got the auditory version of it and I really liked hearing it, I think, versus reading it because I also recently reread it and I felt like I was kind of tripping over myself as I was reading it a little bit. But the way the book is written, I feel like it's so exciting to listen to as it goes. So I really appreciated that take on it. That's interesting. So one thing that I thought kind of sucked though, um, the difference between the book and the movie is I felt like Stanley in the book was a little bit more of a, I don't want to say genuine, but he was a more like outcast of a kid. Like he was more overweight and he was bullied quite a bit. And like the book really focused on that of he like while he was there over the course of the couple months he had like lost weight and he was starting to get more toned and he was starting to get more tan because of being out in the sun and I really appreciated seeing that kind of progression of Stanley like kind of gaining more confidence in himself and kind of feeling better about himself because he's being more active and physical but the movie like completely shoves that aside the movie's like oh we're Disney you know what we're gonna do we're gonna put a really cute young actor in this role because we know it's gonna make money and I'm like that just kind of ruins the character development for me like I really did not like Stanley in the for me it didn't it didn't ruin the character for me as much like they still had like the like the rest of the actors that are at the camp with him in his his tent they're all kind of like pretty diverse like they're kind of fat like kind of outcast and weird looking and stuff but you know you gotta have like for movies like they kind of run off star power too though so you have to have somebody that people know and then at that time, Shia LaBeouf was like pretty. He was like a face for Disney with the like even Steven. So he was still kind of the awkward kid. But I think they did kind of miss out on something by not having like a, a more heavy set person playing him though. But I don't know. He still fits. Like I didn't even I didn't I forgot all about that until I reread the the book that he was actually a like a big dude and not lanky weird Shia LaBeouf from Even Stevens supposed to be. Yeah, I agree with both of you. And Jasmine, I remember when I was reading the book again, I forgot that he was supposed to be overweight. I think the movie also glazed over the fact that he was bullied in school too. Um, At the end of the book, that's one of the key plot points is that because his bully, Derek Dune, I believe, confessed that he was bullying Stanley at the time that the shoes went missing, Stanley was proven innocent. And they kind of glazed over that completely in the movie. Okay, but did... Or I thought Zero was the one that, like, confessed to him. Or was it, like, a combination of both? I think it was a combination of both because um, Stanley's attorney came to Camp Greenlake and said that because people saw Stanley at school, like Derek and two other girls, during the time that the shoes disappeared, then it couldn't have been Stanley who stole them. Oh, I mean, yeah. Zero, then, zero confessed, but he only confessed to Stanley, and then, like in the well, book, he confessed. He confessed to the, to oh, the in the book. He confessed to the lawyer too, but she was like, "I'm gonna pretend like I didn't hear that, and like literally don't say it again." Because like, he got off yeah. because of like something completely different. So don't say you were the thief. That's interesting. I totally would have missed that, but yeah, that's a really good point too. Because even. I wonder if people almost kind of would wonder because it is Shia LaBeouf that would be playing this main character. They'd be like, there is no way they would bully him. Like, he's too cute and sweet. So, like, I don't know. I feel like I I get what you're saying about the whole Even Steven thing. Like, I totally, totally get that. Did you guys Um, watch Even Stevens? 
I did not know. Oh I did, God. yeah, because wasn't he wasn't even even a little bit the key character? He right? was just like he was literally like that the super weird kid and just like he was kind of bullied, but uh, he was like one of those people that got bullied and didn't care because it was just how he was. So I don't know. I, the only reason why I think that he got chosen for that is because of how he how he played that super weird, just awkward out of this world kind of kid and he just kind of fit for that role even though he wasn't big so i don't yeah. know i like even stevens i feel like i'm i forget that i'm like older than you guys so that was like i grew up watching <laughs> that stuff so wow. yeah i watched even stevens growing up i was a little kid when it came out but i definitely remember it yeah that's um, hilarious see so i'm unfortunately a nickelodeon kid yeah. so i like <laughs> am not even in the same ballpark with this like yeah I mean, I watched Nickelodeon too, though. (laughs) I think the timeline is really interesting, too, because I personally, when I was reading the book, I found it way easier to follow because it kind of reminded me of Little Women a little bit, the movie, of how Mm -hmm. they were, like, chopping the scenes similarly over time. And so I kind of appreciated that in the book, Holes mirrored um, Sam and Kate's story kind of like peppered throughout the book a little bit more and it wasn't just like we got one really long backstory of like the great great grandpa and whatever of like oh this is why stanley's fucked up but in the movie i felt like that was a little harder for me to digest because it was like fairly condensed into one section like they did kind of pepper it a little bit and it was kind of interesting too because the grandpa was the one that was telling the story and it wasn't just stanley telling us that so i appreciated like an outsider perspective a little bit more but i don't know it was a little harder for me in the movie because i felt like i was like not focused on one thing as much i don't know what you guys thought about that i think i whenever i first watched the movie since i grew up watching it as a kid like the time difference didn't really matter to me as much but watching it now and comparing the book to the movie as an adult I do kind of I can see your point Sophie that it can be a little you said it was like a little confusing at times yeah just a little bit I don't know I think that it was a little bit well done than like it could have been if that makes sense I think I might be biased too since I have seen this movie my whole life so I I kind of know this movie back and forth I don't know. It makes sense to me. When is when is the first time you watched it, Sophie? Um, how how young do you think you were? That's a really we watched it right after we read the book. I'm pretty sure because we were doing a project on it in class. So I was like nine or ten, probably. I think when I saw it the first time. See, I think I was like a teenager already. So it was just like, was I? <laughs> I Doubt. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like I. I just remember, like, I had already read the book before, and then when the movie came out, me and my brother was like, oh, this is gonna be a movie now, and it's gonna be on Disney. We can actually see it. And, like, it's different, but it's, like, it doesn't really take any way- anything away from the book for me when you look at the movie, but they do order stuff around differently. Like we were saying at the beginning, how they change um, that first scene is not Stanley on the bus, it's the the other guy. Is it Parfbag? Is that his name? See, I don't. Yeah. His name is Barfbag in the in his name is Barfbag who stepped on the the rattlesnake so he can get out of digging. Like those kind of subtle differences, like that's in the it's in the book, but it's like later on and not that first like vivid scene. It's just you find yeah. that out later after Stanley. That's the bit that he takes over. So, right, right. But I do think the the stories with um, Kate and Sam, and then 
the story with Stanley's grandparents and then Kate kind of gets mixed up because it's kind of weird. It doesn't it makes sense, but it doesn't make sense. So I so can tell us more why. about yeah. that, Jasmine. Like, what are the stories specifically? So our listeners kind of have an idea. So for the story with Kate and Sam, it's like basically racism one on one. It's. <laughs> It's, I feel like I, I feel like it's the first time like people like if they read the book that was the first time you like saw racism like in the book let's like played out because like Sam he's in this um this town what's, I forgot the name of the town I'm like blinking right now it wasn't yeah. Green Lake was it yeah it is Green Lake it was like what no it's it's Green Lake because this is what the name of the, the camp is so he's in that town he's like basically the only black guy and he's selling these onions and everything and people are all nice to him but when he starts when he falls in love with Kate um, who's the school teacher, and she's white, and they got caught kissing that one time. Everything went crazy. The sheriff's like, oh, we're going to hang him. The other guy who was, like, trying to get Kate to marry him is, like, basically leading a lynch mob, and they try to get away and go across the lake on this boat with his mule, and they get shot. She, Kate, somehow survives, and that's how we get the, the legend of kissing Kate Barlow. And then Kate, how she's connected to Stanley's grandpa is that Kate robbed him of like all his fortune and then just like buried him in the this desert that they're currently digging in in like the present. So it's like it's like three different timelines, but they all connect yeah. because of Kate. And then you also have the timeline before all that. Oh, yeah, that I guess whenever it's four. the family gets cursed too. Yeah. Yeah. I think the book, like, if I hadn't seen the movie and only read the book, I probably would have been a little more confused by the timeline jumps. In my opinion, I think the movie did a better job of, like, setting the scenes for each of those different timelines by having Stanley's grandfather narrate the backstory of the family. I think that was really helpful. Yeah, for sure. I think it added an element of family, too, that we didn't really see in the book, Um, and that was something that I appreciated about the movie but you know it's Disney we gotta it's gotta be about family like they gotta turn everything that way so I get it but I'm I'm just I'm just saying I'm just talking (laughs) um I no I'm saying I like I'm saying I liked that it's that it was family in the movie because the book like I feel like didn't even though like the timelines were about family and it was setting up Stanley's story I really feel like we didn't get a lot from the mom or the dad or like any of the other family, but Disney really took those characters and emphasized them more and made them play like a much bigger role in Stanley's life than I think they did in the book. So I will give the movie that, okay? They get one brownie point from me. (laughs) Only one from Sophie. Just one. Yeah, just one. One out of five. So let's talk about the most memeable scenes in the movie. I, in my opinion, one of the best scenes in the book and the movie was when we meet Elia Yelnats and see the relationship with Madame Zeroni unfold. I definitely saw Madame Zeroni memes floating around for a while. I don't know about any of you, but I've also seen Sam memes saying I can fix that circulating around on the internet too. Yeah, I know that Madame Zeroni, even like when I was younger, I remember her being a meme, like even in early two. 2010s or whatever with the crappy like the forever alone guy and the like lonely was it lonely brian i don't remember but like those memes like i remember seeing her oh Uh, yeah bad luck brian that's it bad luck brian that's right that was super early days of like i don't want to say shit posting but yeah (laughs) i mean (laughs) (laughs) you gotta call it what it's called i guess (laughs) I think 
the one of the most memeable memes that I remember is like uh, the video where when Kate, um, it's the uh, it's the warden, yeah, when she's in the um, she's in the desert with her grandpa digging holes because they're still trying to find uh, kissing Kate's uh, treasure, and she was like, I'm tired of digging these holes, and she and the grandpa's just like, Well, that's just too damn bad. <laughs> Saw that everywhere. And that's just like one yeah. of those things that's still used because like the, the grandpa looks so bad too so it just makes it even funnier <laughs> that's true i like when i yeah. saw the grandpa i was like oh god <laughs> i just want to laugh because he just looked <laughs> terrible like no offense to old people but like that <laughs> aged so bad well there i saw that meme circulating around on twitter recently and the one i saw had the caption students going through emotional trauma a pandemic and family stress colleges that's too damn bad keep digging and that made me laugh a lot when i saw it that meme is a classic like it's just in there like it's gonna always recirculate back around yeah for sure well i don't know if i had a favorite scene really i definitely had a favorite character i was a sucker for zero like both in the book and the movie like i thought that i thought he was just the sweetest like even though he was really shy and he was kind of a punk sometimes like he totally hit mr podansky in the head with a shovel and i was here for that but that was deserved okay let's be real here that was yes. like 100 percent deserved I, I like Zero. If I had to pick a favorite bad guy, I think it would definitely be the Warden. I think one of my favorite scenes was when she gets her rattlesnake nail polish and she slaps Mr. Sir across the face. I don't know why. I don't know if that says something bad about me, but that was like one of my favorite scenes in the movie and in the book. And it kind of makes me want rattlesnake nail polish. Uh, I was going to say the Warden is pretty badass. And it's, uh, I always call her Ripley now, but I, it's her, that's not her name. Uh, Sigourney Weaver is that. Yes. I, like, forgot she was the warden in the movie, and I was like, what? When I watched it over again. Yeah. It's like, oh, my God, look at Ripley. Yeah, she plays Scratching Luke people Walker, up. her name, yeah. in the movie. Yeah, Sigourney Weaver's a queen. I mean, I think even if I hadn't seen the movie and known that she was in it, I still probably would have pictured her in that role, because she's yeah. just... He plays such a diverse, like, array of characters, I think, over the last, like, couple decades that she's been acting, and so I, it really wouldn't have surprised me if they'd picked her either yeah, way. She's just, like, super badass, just in general. Just like, look at Sigourney Weaver go, scratching people with rattlesnake nail polish. <laughs> we stand. We stand. Yes, Patricia Arquette. Trisha Ar Patricia Arquette? Yeah, she was Kate, um, kissing Kate Barlow. Yeah. What else is she in? I am not as familiar with her. She played, recently she played the mom in the act. Oh, it's a oh yeah, that's the one where the fucking chick has, <laughs> like, Stockholm Syndrome, right? <laughs> that, well, uh, Munchausen by proxy. Yeah, that thing. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, that was fucked up. <laughs> when worlds collide. <laughs> this cast was, like, super good for a Early two yeah. thousands Disney movie. Eartha Kit is Madame Zeroni. Love Madame Zeroni. Dude, Madame Zeroni was just like had the best voice in like that movie. That's why I was. That's why it's just when you read the book after you've already seen the movie, like that's all you can kind of picture. Afterwards. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, are we feeling like we have any hot takes today? How are we did, feeling? Did you know, Holes is a banned book. Yeah, I did know that. I did not know that because I definitely oh, just really? had this in my school for no reason. Banned books are kind of weird, though. Oh, it got banned in 2004. I don't know. Maybe I'll look it up. Probably because of the whole racism plot thing. Probably. So. And there's, like, child abuse in the book, too. They kind of abuse those kids. Yeah, like... It's true. 
zero. I kind of just got left in a part too. Like I don't know. It's a lot of it's a lot of hard hitting family stuff in this book. The book was read out loud and it was banned in two thousand four. This is what Wikipedia says. I don't know how reliable Wikipedia is. Oh but we're yeah. Gonna... Oh, I'm on the same website right now. Oh, yeah. you are okay. Banned books. Um, it doesn't really say why. It just says it caused an uproar among parents. So, I don't know, I guess people were not happy with the whole, like, a bunch of guys living together kind of thing, like. Yeah, but it did win win 36 awards worldwide. Yeah, Louis, I think it's Louis Sakar is how you say his name. I thought it was Sakar. Is it Sakar? I thought it was Sakar. It's Sakar. I've always heard his name pronounced. (laughs) But I think if I remember correctly. Yes, exactly. Um, I think he is the author of the Wayside Story books. Like, I don't know if you guys ever read those in elementary or middle school, but it was always like really weird, wacky stories about I didn't kids read in the those. classrooms. Yeah, so this is so not related. It's fine. Um, Wayside Stories. Wayside School is falling oh, I'm down. Now on its Wikipedia page. Yes, so these um, were, like, really short stories about, like, students that went to these schools. This was before Holes. This came out in, like, 1989, and it was a, about, like, the individual students and weird, like, weird-ass things would happen to these kids. Um, I cannot think of a single one off the top of my head, of course, because that's how my brain um, I don't know if this will help jog your memory, but um, the Wikipedia page says that there's a presumably autobiographical, autobiographical character named Louis the Yard Teacher. Does that, that ring does any bells? That does not sound familiar to me, no. Or Louis the Yard Teacher. I am going to look at this because I need to know. I'm like, oh, they started in 1978. Okay, so never mind. They just occurred over the course of many years. Oh, um, apparently. Oh, I guess I could say this. I have kind of a fun fact that I'm finding out from reading this. So apparently, um, Louisa Carr's wife, Carla, was the inspiration for the counselor and there's a boy in the girl's bathroom and Stanley's lawyer and holes. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah. Another fun fact. So, like, his inspiration for literally writing holes is because, like, he hated Texas summers. Like, the heat was so bad. And, like, I think... He actually wrote holes over 18 months, which is the same as Stanley's citizen supposed to be at Camp Green Lake, too. So, that's so is, another... that, is that like his way of saying that he was like writing this was the equivalent of being in prison? Yeah, that's, yeah this was his, his digging five holes, every, digging a five foot hole every month was him writing holes in this hot Texas summer and his state that he probably hated too so i think he still lives there though but he like he was like that was my inspiration i hated texas heat and i wrote this book and nobody knew damn all right so if you want to say your hot take karen okay we can talk about that first okay so when i was rereading this book it hit me that i think zero's mom was a prostitute which is why zero would be left alone for long periods of time and she, and the reason why she eventually disappeared. Now, my theory is Zero's mom was trafficked, which is why she went missing. And that's why they had to hire an investigative team to find her. And at the end of the book, they talk about um, how she looks like she's seen terrible things. Like she has, I think he says that she has this look in her eyes that she's seen like horrible stuff. So I think that was 
the author's way of kind of alluding to Zero's mom having gone through this like horrible life of like possibly trafficking and exploitation without explicitly saying it it is for a younger audience what do you all think uh I mean I kind of thought that or like what do you mean by trafficking though well my theory is that's maybe how she went missing like someone could have held her hostage when she was having to prostitute for money so especially since there's no laws really protecting prostitutes Mm. it would be really easy for someone to just take advantage of her and then abduct her unfortunately yeah because i figured she was like a prostitute or some kind of way and then she maybe got caught up with like a pimp or something or and she might have been on drugs too and that's why she was like gone for long stretches of time and then just all that kind of compounded and she just forgot about zero i don't think she forgot about him because i'm pretty sure at least in the movie they say that she was thinking about him but i I don't think we got that in the book i mean but like after for the month that he was in the the park like forgot about him that kind of way like he was just stuck with nobody not like she just didn't care about him at all because i'm pretty sure at the book and the end of the book and at the movie they were like she was looking for him too so yeah Yeah, i do remember them saying that at the i do remember them saying that at the end of the movie definitely um so I don't know. I don't know how I feel about those takes. Maybe I just wasn't as invested, it, which it seems really um, counterintuitive because I loved Zero. But I don't know. Now that you guys are kind of talking about it a little bit, I can I could kind of see that because I mean, why else would somebody not be like a direct presence over their child? Like they've got to. There's got to be some kind of mental health or some kind of like drug problem or abuse problem or some kind of violent situation to where that mom doesn't feel like she can take care of that kid to the point where it becomes an issue for both of them you know yeah i mean zero story was just sad and i liked how like whenever zero like said anything he was just like it wasn't from stanley like pushing and kind of prodding and like trying to get him out of his story it was just stanley would just let him talk when he wanted to and that's how we kind of found out about everything about like what went on with his mom and like how he wasn't always um homeless or just like he like he wasn't dumb he just he was just out on the streets and that's just how things happened for him yeah i I really appreciated that um i appreciated that about stanley's character specifically with Mm -hmm. his interactions with zero because he was very patient with zero he was like yep i'm gonna teach you how to read and you can dig my hole for me but like he was always just he like let zero do his thing like he never was like mean to zero he didn't ever try to like bully him like zero all of the other people at camp and all of the other counselors too which made me so mad they were all like zero stupid zero's never gonna learn anything like zero's not gonna amount to anything because he's just not smart and none of them were willing to like take a chance on him and be like there might be potential in him and Stanley and Zero and their relationship shows us there is potential you, if you take a chance on somebody and you work with them and you like listen to them yeah. like they have so much better of a chance of being something and doing something good than they do if they've just been told they're dumb their whole lives yeah and you can never really know someone's true character until you get to know them I, I think it was interesting I kind of wonder if maybe the other characters are sort of like a foil for Zero, where they're all, they're very brash and loud and angry, but Zero is just kind of this, like, collected presence, when really, I think, as well, 
those other characters are probably the dumb ones. They're probably not very smart. Whereas Zero is very intelligent, even though he hasn't had a lot of opportunities to prove that he is. Yeah, he was like a mathematician just out of nowhere for no reason. Yeah. Right. Which is also why it made me so mad. Like, oh my god. Like, Mr. Podansky was supposed to be, like, the nice counselor. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that's bullshit. I'm sorry. Like, there's no way that they could have tried to pull that shit on me. Because I, I could feel it, like, from the start. I was like, he's just trying to be nice. He just wants to, everyone to like him. Like, he's not actually being nice to the boys so he can be nice to the boys. He's doing it because he's trying to fucking get something. And I yeah. did not appreciate that at all. Yeah. Did you all, do you remember if the kids called Pedansky mom in the movie? Like they did in the book? Maybe like once or twice. I kind of remember it like right when Stanley got to camp, I think, that they called him Ma. But I don't know if I heard it again after that point. Because the book tried to act like Pedansky was like this kind of sweet man. I mean, to everyone but like Zero and Stanley at times. But like everybody loved this man. But he was an asshole. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's another thing that kind of sucks about this movie a little bit and I guess about the book too I'm sorry y'all I'm hating on this so much but like the amount of toxic masculinity that was in this was like hard for me to stomach um I am like a very pacifistic kind of person and I don't like seeing like anybody be mean to anyone for any reason whatsoever and like nobody in this movie or the book held back like everybody was just straight up like Mm -hmm. you gotta be tough and we're gonna like beat you up and we're gonna like play pranks on you and oh you can't be a baby you gotta be tough and even like neanderthal which i think was the nickname they gave stanley like that is such a like it was was caveman in the book yeah caveman in the book okay But still, like, that's such a negative, like, male stereotype to be, like, you're dumb and you're big, and I really did not appreciate that at all. So I don't know what you guys thought about that. I... Yeah. Go ahead, Kara. I feel like I'm going to disagree. Oh, um, I mean, I, I didn't like the other characters, but I think we needed to have those characters act like that so that we could kind of hate them. I think they serve their purpose in the fact that they're supposed to be these really, like, rough and tough, like, kids from the streets. And that is, uh, like, part of that culture. Um, I saw a a meme, to kind of go back on the meme thing real quick, um, that, like, Holes was the original, Orange is the new black. (laughs) I think it's kind of true, because, I mean, in both of those, like, that show and that movie, there is a lot of, like, toxic like aggression and attitudes not so much masculinity and orange is the new black but i mean especially in this book and the movie holes i think that's just inevitable i think it would have been unrealistic for them to not include that toxic masculinity what do you think jasmine man i don't really think it's toxic masculinity like except from the camp counselors like these kids like they were delinquents and they were like given like a crappy hand in life too but, like, they also, like, looked out for each other. It wasn't like they were just, like, going to beat up everybody. I hate everybody. Like, Stanley taught Zero how to read. They kind of had their their whole, like, pecking order, like, in the in their uh, tent, the group with the tent. But that was just because they were literally digging holes in the sun for X amount of years or whatever. But I don't know. I think, like, I think the only thing that I can say, like, this was, like, really toxic was, like, Mr. Sir and, like, 
Pedansky, like when Mr. Sir is always saying like, this isn't like the Girl Scouts or some crap like that. Um, every time he would talk about them digging holes in the, um, at the camp. I, I love the ending though. Whenever oh, yeah. <laughs> he gets turned into a Girl Scout camp. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very fitting ending for this camp. Definitely. Yeah, I feel like Lewis, what are, what are you guys saying? Sick? I say Sack. I'm pretty sure it's Sacker, but if it's say, how are you saying his last name? I want to see car. Google says it. It's Sacker. Or maybe we can look up him saying his name. Maybe. Sacker. It is Sacker. Damn, all right. <laughs> really? Post up. Oh, all right. My whole life is a lie. I know. I swear I'm I heard every teacher say Sakar. Oh I my know. gosh. I'm sure they said it for me too. All right. Sacker. All right. Cool. Now we yeah, know. I forgot what I was about what? to say. No. Uh, oh no, but like in this book, like I feel like he, like he tried to be like super woke with like everything and just like put like issues that people don't really talk about. Like we had like Stanley getting bullied and freaking the whole thing with kissing Kate and Sam. And then we had like homelessness and like just being left by the system with zero. And like, I don't know, there was a bunch of like issues that he just kind of put out there like in the book that you can, and now that I like reread it when I'm older, I was just like, oh, this is a lot of like kind of like heavy stuff in a kid's book. And maybe that's why it was banned too. So, yeah, maybe that's why I like kind of deep stuff now because I read that book when I was 12. And yeah. I loved the movie when I was like eight. So, I don't know. I think it defined my personality a little bit. So, I can see I mean, like what you're saying, Sophie. But like, I'm also just like, huh, I didn't think about like some of this other stuff that's in here in the book too. So, maybe it kind of like it makes sense why it's in there. Yeah, I mean, in the library, because I work for Johnson County Library, um, they originally had the book in the J section, the juvenile section, which is usually for ages like 8 to 12. But within the last probably couple of years, they've recently bumped it up to the teen section the, for the um, 13 to 19 year olds because, I mean, I would assume likely because of the content that is in it, because that is a lot for an eight-year-old to pick up that book and be like, oh, that's um, a lot of social themes that we gotta digest. Gotta unpack all that. I don't know. I awesome. mean, it's just one, like, honestly, like I said before, like, it was one of those books that my brother, like, actually, like, latched onto, and I think a lot of, like, maybe boys actually like this, because they it does have some kind of, like, boy camaraderie in it with the camp and the tents and all that stuff, and, like, with uh, Stanley and Zero's relationship, too, so... I don't know. Maybe it's it's kind of from my personal thing too. Because my brother, like, he doesn't read books like that for real. He'll he'll read like a history book over reading like something like Holes. So maybe that's why I'm just like, no, there's no toxic masculinity. My brother liked this book. <laughs> Perfect. Right, and I'm not a guy, so maybe I'm. <laughs> that's not I'm like, I don't know. This, right, I don't know. But um, something that I thought was really interesting about the movie. Um, I was kind of thinking as I was reading it in my, in my head of like, okay, what would this music sound like? Like, we're in Texas. It's going to be like twangy and country. There's going to be like banjos and whatever, like going on in the background. And I was really surprised. And, and I was surprised in a good way. Um, they didn't just stick with the country format that you would normally associate with Texas. You get like senses of hip-hop, I think, is kind of what is right. And I don't listen to a lot of hip-hop, so I don't know if that is the correct categorization of what it was. <laughs> but I, mean, I like the diversity aspect of the music in it, for sure. I wasn't expecting that. 
Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean Dis- it's Disney, though. You got to cash in on every avenue you can. Yeah. I think one of my favorite songs is the Dig It Up Them Holes song. I remember seeing <laughs> the music video on Disney, and I'll sometimes get that song just stuck in my head randomly. It's just one of those that's, like, embedded in my psyche forever. You know, they play that to death on the Disney Channel. That they did. Rap, rap soundtrack with all the characters. I mean, I don't know. I yeah. liked it, too, but it was just, like, it's super corny now. But it's also... It's wholesome. I don't know. It kind of makes me laugh the thinking about it. The song of my childhood. It is, yeah. <laughs> but like that's just for the that's just for the soundtrack though. Like the actual film score had a bunch of that western banjo stuff and all that other jazz. Yeah. Like sure. I I went back and listened to it just like just the soundtrack and it's honestly it's pretty freaking good. Yeah, because I think they tried to do and since you listened to it, maybe you can correct me on this more. But they I felt like tried to use the hip hop type songs more during the present day. Mm-hmm. And then use the more country twangy kind of aspects when they were talking about um, like Sam and Kate's story. And I think they used a little bit more like folk kind of music when they were talking about Elia Yelnats because that was a very weird situation of them being Russian and whatever. So I feel like they were trying to be a little bit yeah, more conscious there too. But yeah, it was were a nice. Russian? It was a nice mix. I don't know what they were. Um. They were not from. They were not from America. Yeah, well. they were immigrants. I'm yeah. pretty sure. Because I know, like, when the first time he talked to Madame Zeroni, he was like, she told him that my grandson or somebody was in America and that he should go there instead of trying to get with the girl. And then that was the whole deal with the pig, and he didn't, he didn't carry her oh, up the mountain on the last day. So, and he just he's left from Lafia. Where's that? At? Okay, Lafia. Um, I think it. Not America. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I really appreciated the score in the soundtrack because, like, when, you, when you're watching in the movie and then you see, like, the scene where um, Stanley's carrying Zero up the mountain, it's, like, super common and it's not, like, it's not hip-hop or it's not, like, country either. And it has the little, is it a nursery? It's a nursery rhyme kind of in, yeah. in the song, too. Like, that's one of those things that I used to sing all the time when I was a kid, too. Just like the Kill Bill whistle. Mm-hmm. I used to just randomly bust that out. Okay, so Latvia is in between Lithuania and Estonia, and it's right next to Russia. Okay, so off topic, topic. So something I was looking, actually looking for the scripts because um, the script for the movie is actually written by Lewis Acker. So that's why it's like so like faithful to like the, the book because it's literally the same guy who wrote the book that made the, the script. But when I was looking for that, I found that there's another just like script made by Richard Kelly who's the guy that wrote Donnie Darko and it's just like completely off the like off the rocker it doesn't have it's holes but it's not holes like at all so it's I don't know it's one of those weird things that I found like trying to find something else that it's just a like this super bad shit crazy version of holes that's floating around okay so was it still like called holes or was it like almost like a completely different thing like it didn't even look the no same. it was still called holes but it was it was just like his take on holes he just tried to make it like super modern and i don't okay so in the it's like a post-apocalyptic like r-rated post-nuclear war type deal going on like the setting is the same they, they're still at camp green lake but like everything in the story is just like different like, I read, like, some of the script, and, like, it has, like, this, like, weird religious subtext with Stanley and the warden, who's, like, a man now. Stanley's last name is Kramer. It's not Yonats anymore. So, I don't, I don't know. He's, like, a 
he's like a he's a real smart ass. He's not like he doesn't seem like he got bullied or anything like that. There's no Kate. They do still dig holes, but like instead of like digging for Kate's um treasure, they're just like digging up I guess bones of people from this nuclear blast. Like I don't it's so crazy. And then like, you know, like at the beginning where the guy um who steps on the rattlesnake, he like gets to leave Camp Green Lake where in the movie this movie the guy tries to run away, I guess, and he just dies out in the desert. And then instead of like just saying that, they have him like on a pole, like stretched up for everybody to see and like the morning meeting. And then the warden says like some crazy religious crap too. I don't, it's it's crazy. It's super cringy. Like there's cursing in it. Like Mr. Serge there, he still says the crap about it not being a Girl Scout camp. And just like, it's super like sci-fi, kind of like supposed to be high tech kind of crap too. I don't know, it's, it was just crazy. And I was like, what the hell is this? That sounds really interesting. Wild. You should yeah, look it up. Have any of you ever seen Donnie Darko? I have I've not. Been wanting to, it's on my movies to watch list. I've been wanting to see it since I was like in high school. I just haven't oh gone around to it. Was, <laughs> I, all I had to do is Google it. That first image is fucking terrifying. I do not. Yeah. Oh, I want nothing to do with that. No, thank you. you should, I am you not. Should, you should read the whole script because it's like. It's super crazy. It like takes itself way too seriously, and it's just I don't. He tried to just make it. He tried to make it holes, but make it something completely <laughs> different, and it just does not work out. Um, they, they they literally like paid him like yeah, thank you for writing this. We're just gonna we're gonna sell this to Disney and have it be a completely different movie. You're you're off the rocker right now. Yeah, I think if Richard Kelly, that's his name, right? Richard Kelly yeah. was allowed to do this for Disney. I think that would have. Um, caused a lot of problems with a lot of parents. Um, I want to I see the alternate universe where this movie takes place. Or, like, I want to live in a world where this is the original Holes and not the one that we're talking about. Dude, if it was the original much- Holes, like, we, like, we probably wouldn't even be talking about this at all. Because it's crazy. Like, just, It would be a fever dream. We're all trying to forget. It's just, I, it was just... Like, when I was reading it, I was, like, laughing, but I was just, like, also just, like, what the hell is this? I see why this is not, like, the movie. Yeah, I can't imagine. Uh, Disney uh, would definitely make it somehow figure out how to put, like, a bunch of bunnies dancing in a circle or some shit, no. singing Kumbaya, trying <laughs> make reason, it happen. Like getting moment. sold to Disney is why we have this great movie, because it was sold to the other guy beforehand, and they just, like, we don't want this crap. So and it turned out great because quick, the author got the right so I have a quick fun fact to add. So while researching, I found out that Holes actually came out on April 18th, 2003. The movie did. And we are recording this on April 21st, 2020. So that means that Holes recently turned correct. Doing math right? I am not zero, so I have no clue. Uh, it would have been, it would have just turned <laughs> 17 in movie years and then in yeah yeah it's over third no it's 20 about 22 years old now so one of them can drink and one of them can't so they'll just have to get over that (laughs) in like four years (laughs) all right so overall guys what did we think book or movie i think i prefer the movie because i grew up with the movie and it had a very sentimental impact on me it was one of those movies I would rewatch over and over again. So as much as I did like the book and it was easy to read, I mean, I'd say the movie. What about you all? I am for the book this time. It's only because like I read the book before 
the movie ever came out and the movie just kind of enhanced my love for the book honestly yeah i think i am gonna be on jasmine's team this time around and i'm gonna say the book i know last time i was really on the side of the movie because i was really into the cinematography but this time i don't know like as much as i think shia labeouf is a cutie like i really appreciated the writing more than i did the um directing style Man, it is a kid's book. It's not that long either, and that just like makes it even better. Like it's really it has all that stuff in there, and it's only like two hundred something pages too. So yeah, Jasmine, we know how much you like short stuff. Those eight hundred page books, nah, fam. I mean, nah. it's, an eight hundred page book is good if it's like <laughs> not about oppression. I guess I don't know. Well, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. Happy watching and happy reading. You have to all sing right. the the holes tune. Digging up them holes. Please. <laughs>